Well, it's good to have you with us here this morning. We are in a series uh, called All I Need. All I Need. Last week we opened it up and we were talking about uh, God being fully sufficient. We've totally tanked that word in the American society, sufficient, right? It's a word that uh, it should mean nothing else is needed. And instead it means, yeah, it's sufficient, right? Kind of sounds like it's lame, it's small, and but all we need, that's where we're going with it. And as we break it out and walk through each week, I was getting prepped for this week and kind of reminded me of a story uh, years back, uh, some experiences our family had. I used to always take my daughter's uh, out camping called Indian Princesses, okay? It's with the YMCA, and uh, we would go out every spring and every fall, and we'd camp when it was like 32 degrees out. And uh, so part of the goal was having fun together, and part of the goal was not freezing to death. And, you know, when you lay down in your uh, sleeping ba- bag at night, and you can see your breath with the last flashlight being on, and I mean, there were some cool experiences as we laughed together, and we played together, and we hiked together, and uh, built massive fires so that we could stay warm together. And, and uh, well, one of the things we did is we had to pack to go on that thing. And uh, so we got a little habit going. I talked to the girls about how you should pack and let's make a list. And so we'd sit down and we'd form this list of everything we could think of over a couple of days, just keep rolling that list out. And then we would go get the stuff off the list and we brought it to the back room by the fireplace and we'd kind of spread it all out on the floor. Okay. So we have the stuff, we have it all there. And then I would take the list and I would say, all right, here we go. Sleeping bags. And then one of the girls, whoever was going on the trip with me at that time, would run over and they'd like grab the bag and lift it up and go, got it, check, right? And then I'd put the check down. Had to say the word check or we weren't done, right? Flashlight, uh, hang on, uh, got it, check, right? And we would set it aside. And so we're going through and we're saying check to each and everything to make sure we have all we need, all right? And hear me now, take a look at the sermon title for today. His grace and what's next to it. Check. We have that. It is ours. And we need to be living with that in hand. All too often we try to live life without experiencing his day-to-day grace. And that's a problem. So Lord, how do we live this out? How do we know of your grace and find it as sufficient? That's what we're looking at today, all right? So turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians 12, we got ushers coming forward. They got Bibles in their hands. So if you need a Bible, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you. Just raise your hand. They'll get a Bible to you. 2 Corinthians 12. All right, what steps should we go through to be able to claim this grace? First, focus on Christ's perfection and humbly recognize your human weakness. Focus on Christ's perfection and humbly recognize your human weakness. He starts out here in chapter 12, verse 1. I must go on boasting. All right. So for those of you who are listening, you're like, I thought you just said humble. And uh, what does this mean, this boasting thing? And well, check it out. If you go back into chapter 11, he's talking about boasting and he's saying things like, uh, I was under danger from robbers. I was whipped. I was beaten. I was shipwrecked. I was, I was dragged out of a city and stoned and left for dead. And, and those are the things I brag on. Right. And you're like, Dude, you need to learn how to brag a little better. That's not the stuff you should be bragging about, right? And uh, Paul's like, I must go on bragging. And I just wrote down this statement. Uh, divine standards differ dramatically from the world's standards. Divine standards differ dramatically from the world's standards. And so Paul's sharing what God's been doing in his life. And he says, I must go on boasting Though there is nothing to be gained by it, I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. Like, I'm going to tell you some good things that have happened. I'm going to tell you in a way so that you understand what God has done. I'm not trying to gain something in it, but hear me now. And, and now he breaks in. And have you, ever, have you ever talked to someone who talks about themselves in the third person? You know what I'm talking about? Where you're like, hey, Bill, what do you want to do for dinner? He's like, Bill doesn't like seafood. Right? And your first answer is always, key. Right? Well, how about, how about chilies then? Bill doesn't like chilies. Oh. Well, what does Bill like? 
right? And all of a sudden we're talking about Bill in the third person, like he's not even there with us. And, and uh, you can say it, it feels a little weird when we do that, all right? And uh, Paul's breaking into one of those moments here. He's breaking into a third person moment about himself and uh, he's doing it to try to uh, emphasize the humility piece and we'll point it out in just a second. He says, I know a man in Christ, all right? And he's veering off now into third person. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up in the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. Are you hearing the repetition? Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. Like, how did that work, man? And I don't know. I, I don't have a deep answer for you, right? That's what Paul's saying. I'm just telling you the experience was had. And uh, I had this experience. We're going to see him bring out the eye piece of it in just a second. Please notice this. He says, I was caught up into the third heaven. Some of you are like, I thought there was just one. Like, what is this third heaven thing? And you know, we don't know a lot of detail. We don't know a lot of information about it, but it does tell us a little more. He says, I was caught up into paradise with him. Remember when Jesus Christ was talking to uh, one of the uh, robbers on the cross, right? And he says to him, today you will be with me in paradise. That's where he was. He was captured up into and somehow allowed to experience where Christ is expressing his glory with all those who are saved and seeing the worship and hearing what's going on and some of the conversation taking place and mysteries being revealed. And uh, look what he says right after it. He said, I was caught up in a paradise, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. Can't be told, may not utter, cannot, may not. You know the difference between those, right? Mom teach you that, right? Cannot, like that's an ability statement. I can't, right? That speaks to ability. May not, that's a permission statement. Not allowed to. And a, both of them are in play here. He's like, can't and, and, and not allowed to, not given permission. And uh, why? Well, somehow things were revealed that aren't meant for yours and my ear. There was an amount of sharing of God into Paul because of what he was going to be calling him through coming up. He was letting him experience the greatness of himself. And uh, we don't know what it is. How'd that even go down, you know? And uh, it says here that uh, he's not allowed to share it. It's not permitted. Um, how did he stop it? What did Jesus say? I mean, is it like a threat? Don't you be telling nobody or I'll, right? That probably not. That wouldn't be heaven, right? So he's probably not dealing with threats. So what is he doing? And, and somehow he just went, this is, do you see this? And shh, hang on. They'll know in due time, but that's mine to share, not yours. All right. That's a little of what's taking place here. That's a little bit of what Paul is seeing. And now we get into him kind of revealing that it's himself. He says, on behalf of this man, I will boast. The one that he just defined as the man in Christ, right? On behalf of this man, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast, except in my weakness. Not going to boast about me on my own behalf. But this man in Christ, now that I'll boast on. Are you hearing it? This man in Christ, boasting there. Me on my behalf? Not at all. Not about the man about the in Christ part of it. That's the distinction. I'm going to make much of the God behind this man and all that he's doing. And this man in Christ and the experience he had, the in Christ moment that is so unbelievable. Now that, that I'm going to be bragging on. Me, not so much. Just bringing it down a notch. He says, I'll, I'll just keep bringing up my weaknesses. And in fact, he already defined weaknesses back in chapter 11. It was all those rough things he was experiencing. It was all the heartache and the hurts and the troubles and the pain and the, are you there? And, uh, Paul felt a load of hurt and uh, that's the stuff he was going to stay focused on in this moment. And, uh, tells us a little bit more here. He says, 
I would not be a fool for I would be speaking the truth. You hearing it? Now he's tipping his hand that he's the guy. I would be speaking the truth if I was telling about it, but I refrain from it so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. Like, look, man, I could go telling stories that nobody knows if they're true or not, but that's not where I'm going. All I want is for you to see my actions and the fruit of it. I want you to hear my words and see it aligns with scripture. That's what it looks like to walk humbly, to make sure that people see your actions as following after God and there's fruit in it, and to make sure that your words are expressed in alignment with his scripture. May they know you are worthy of the king because of your action and your words. And all of God's people said, like, that's what we need to be going after, man. Not, I tell a lot of good stories and I, I let them know a ton of things I'm doing that they need to know about and... And uh, not that, like, let's live it out live before our people, our congregation, our body, our family, our friends, that God might be made much of. And uh, we brag in Christ, not in the man. And uh, that's what we're talking about. Humility. It's pretty elusive, right? We go after it and we're like, I think I got it. That's the point where you lost it, right? Humility and uh, trying to measure that is tough and A couple of quotes. Here's one quote I found this week. Um, The true way to be humble is not to stoop until you are smaller than yourself, but rather to stand at your real height against some higher nature that will show you just how small you are. You hearing it? Stand full up next to God himself. And as you get to know your God with all he is, It'll become very clear how small you are. All too often we think of ourselves as awesome. Well, that's become because you've become a student of you, not of your God. And the more you become a student of him, the more you will be brought down to simple levels of understanding about you. Humble. Seeing your God for who he is. I, I just wrote this. Hey, three steps to being humble. Number one, do not... Focus on your achievements in conceit, right? Don't look at your own actions and your own works and be like, do you see how awesome I am awesome, right? Don't look at your own achievements with conceit, right? Don't do that. Number two, don't focus on your own weaknesses and shame. All too often we have people looking at their weaknesses, not as Paul does. Paul's looking at them as a privileged moment to be able to work with his God because it makes him get his God all the more. Instead, they start looking at their weaknesses and there's a lowering of the head, and a shame and a weight brought on the shoulders. You can see it in them as they talk, as they just release down. And, uh, and don't just look at your weaknesses and shame. That's not humility. And, uh, Number three, this is what it is. Focus on your mighty God in awe. It will bring humility. You focus on your God and all of his character. You be stunned with who he is. And it will put you in right position before him. So, not about your awesome deeds. Not about your weaknesses. But it's about your mighty God and who he is. Simple question. Are you considering God? In your daily life, as you walk it along, are you considering him? Are you thinking, Lord, what are you doing in this place? What do you want accomplished? What are you saying to be done? Lord, what does your word speak to right now? How should I be preparing? Lord, what about your character is true in this moment that I need to know about? Or are you just in the, here's my plan. This is what I'm doing. and I will make a name for myself. Time to be done with that plan. Time for us to consider our God and focus on his greatness. That's the first step. Second, bring your hurts, losses, and sin before your God in persistent, powerful prayer. Bring your hurts, losses, and sin before your God in persistent, powerful prayer. Here we go. He starts out in verse 7. So to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. He's like, because I would have gotten all up in myself, do you know what I know? Do you know the secret I'm keeping? Do you know? Like I've had such a privilege of that God would allow then weakness to come in, 
hurt and, and struggles. God allows those weaknesses to move within us and be a part of our life experience to keep us real to him. That's the plan. And as some of you are sitting in here today, devastated. Some of you are sitting in here right now and the load is massive. The hurt is huge. The pain is so palpable and the struggle to get through it. I, like I almost can't get through a day because of, and, uh, I hear your pain on that. We're going to be doing some things to talk through that today a little bit. He says a thorn was given me in the flesh. Well, what is this thorn? I don't know. It doesn't say, right? And uh, hey, just a little tip. When God doesn't give you the detailed answer, that's because that wasn't the point. Okay? So be careful when you're reading scripture that you don't try to go into the nuances of what isn't answered. Find what is answered and go after it. Why is God vague to the thorn? Because it's so many and varied within a body. And yet it's true for all of us. So he's not giving the detail. He's letting us work it out. And you have thorn. What is it that God has pressing in with you? What is it that God is allowing to touch you? Notice Paul said, Satan, a messenger from Satan harassing me. Did Paul think this was a bad thing? Did Paul think this was a bad thing? Real answer. Yes, right? Absolutely. And I'm not comfortable with it. Please hear me. Never is the solution to try to go to some simple Christianese junk of, it just shouldn't hurt. It it, it shouldn't matter. Yes, it should. Are you hearing me? It is absolutely, get ready for the word, stupid. Yes, I said the word. We're not allowed to say that word in our house either, okay? But when it's true, it's true. It is stupid to walk around saying that pain is not pain, that hurt is not hurt, that the load on me is not a load. That is not Christianity. And many of us have been taught that. Play a mind game with yourself. That's not what we're talking about, okay? He's saying, I'm telling you this. I have a thorn and it hurts. And it's dragging me down. What do we do with that? Notice what he did. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord. The word plead, it means to long for, to, to cry out for with all you've got, to plead for it. It's not this. Everybody say not. It's not this. Well, hey, God, if you could do something there, that'd be great. And uh, while you're working on that, I'll just go over here and ignore it. And you just do whatever you want. Like, it's not that. And a lot of us pray that way. Like, we're, we'll throw that up there and then I'll just keep doing my own thing. And, and we just leave it alone. And it's more like this. So heavy in the hurt. So painful in the experience. That you almost don't have words. You stop where you are and everything is turned to him. It may not even have words as you're crying it out to him. It might just be this. Lord! Ah! I... Lord, hear me! Take this from me. Please, Lord. This weight. And I know you are awesome. And please. Pleading that God might work in you. That's. When his grace is unleashed. Are you hearing me? We must come near him. We must hear from him. It must be about him. And we long for it to be had. I'm telling you. When you pray like. Hey Lord whatever. Try to count how many times you've done that. You have no idea. It didn't even impact you. 
But when you stop and you lay it all out there, oh, you'll be able to count those times when you do that. Paul's like, three, three times where I laid it all out there and I longed for him to move. And God at work in your life is us coming to him and depending on him with all we've got. Man, this week, my inbox has been flooded with emails of pain and of question and of stories and of hurt. And last week we were talking about God is sufficient. And the challenge was if you have not tasted of this God moving in your life, if you have not experienced him doing something powerful in you, something standing in the way and it's time to get it out of the way. And it might be some sin that needs to be confessed. And it might just be falling on your face. And and email's just flooding in now. Like, help me figure that out. And we're going to do a little bit of that today. That's exactly what we're going to be working through is, God, what do I do to bring this before you? And please note four parts to prayer that we see with Paul. Four parts to prayer. Ready? Number one, deep hurt. Get real with where you're at. Stop saying it's no big deal and start handing it over to God with honesty. Get real about the hurt. Deep hurt. And uh, number two, absolute trust. Like, God, I believe you have this. I know who you are and I know you can... Speak things into existence and you can heal just by a look or a touch. And I I trust in you on this. Deep hurt, absolute trust, passionate plea. Please heal this. Please take this from me. Please, Lord, on your behalf, with your name and for your fame. And passionate, direct request. And number four, willing to embrace God's answer, whatever it is. Are you hearing me? Willing to embrace God's answer, whatever it is. Simple prayer. My God can. My God will. And even if my God doesn't, I will worship him. And Lord, I long to taste of you. I don't even know what that means right now. I long for you to do a work in me in this moment. And if it's not with healing, if it's not with circumstances shifting, then it's more of your grace. Hear me now. God will either change the circumstance or he will load on the grace to balance the scales. And either way, you're like, this is awesome. Come to your God in prayer. Long for your God to move in the midst. And uh, so what's your thorn? What is it that gets you distracted? What is it that crushes you where you sit? What is it that makes you say, I don't even know if I want to go to church today. It's a joke for me. What thing is pressing in? And uh, maybe you're in a spot where job is under question. You don't know what I'm going through and, you know, China, man, things aren't going as well. And all of a sudden everything's in question in my company and people are being let go and I just got let go and I don't know where tomorrow goes and it's got me panicked and, or maybe it's finances along the way, trying to figure out how to make ends meet and make sense out of things. Maybe it's just straight up loneliness. I am, I feel so alone in this world. And maybe you are sitting in a marriage right now that must change. Bad marriage, a hurting marriage, a decision by a spouse, uh, the two of you not getting along in some way, and it is time. It is crushing with the weight of the marriage pressing in. There are so many stories in this room right now of deep, deep hurt and uh, health. 
hospital visits, unknown doctor diagnoses and don't know what to do next and the pain that drags me out and I can barely get the energy to get out of bed and and there's a world of hurt in this room right now. Please hear me. God often allows us to taste of the brokenness of this pathetic world. Get ready now. We're going to talk in metaphor. Here we go. That he might bring us to the shoreline of self. Where we can look out into the glory of the almighty God. The ocean of his glory. And be in awe of the horizon. Of God and his grandeur and him at work. And that thorn is meant to do nothing other than to get you off of self. Done with me. On with him. Ready to see God in all that he is. Bringing you to the shoreline of yourself and being over with you. And making much of your God. So here's the question. What's your thorn? Real question. Really work on it. What is it that makes you trip? What is it that got, has you distracted? What is it that's taking your attention off your God or crushing you in being able to think or come to him? Make sure you got it. Get ready to hand it to him. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Right? All too often we try to carry that load alone and we're like, this weight is crushing. And he's like, come to me. We'll have this together. Okay? Get that thorn, thorn defined. Here we go, number three. Third point. Rest in the promise of his absolutely fulfilling investment in you, even in the midst of storm or personal collapse. Rest in the promise of his absolutely fulfilling investment in you, even in the midst of storm or personal collapse. Paul has pled, he has cried out three times over with this massive crying out. And God's answer, it starts out in verse 9. But, oh great. Right? I pled and God's it, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness my grace is sufficient my power is made perfect in weakness and all too often when we look at this and we hear this well oh that's a great quote we right oh god's grace god's grace is sufficient right here we go to christianese land again and it ain't working for me and i don't know why it's not working and what's wrong if it's not working and number one mistake with this statement are you ready we turn it into some abstract concept, some idea about God's grace, right? And hear me now. Now it becomes this. My concept of you is sufficient. Everybody say, it doesn't say that. Doesn't say that. It doesn't say our idea of his grace is sufficient. It says his grace is sufficient. Are you hearing me? His presence in your life, his unleashing of himself. In fact, he gives us a little tip to it. It says, my grace is sufficient for my power is made perfect in weakness. Grace and power are equated here. Are you hearing me? If you are thinking of God's grace as some idea, but it doesn't include God's expressed power into your life, Life change, circumstance altering, God moving. If it's not that, then we miss the point. And uh, God at work in us, grace. And um, okay, so then what is this grace, and how do we get a feel of it? Five ways His grace is actually experienced. Five ways His grace is actually experienced. Number one. This is kind of the obvious one. His provision, right? 
This is like the gospel deep statement. He has inclined my heart to him. He has paid a price on the cross, active work. He is now shaping my heart towards him. He is literally making it so that I see him and get him. He is moving in my soul and I'm stunned with who he is. I'm adopted as his child. I'm brought into the kingdom. There is favor being shown, provision. That's the first way of grace being experienced. And probably the one we think of the most is God at work on the cross. And great for that, but it's so much more. Here we go. Number two, his presence. Him right here with me. You hearing me? God with you in your struggle. What is that thorn? What is that weakness? What is that thing that has you kind of rattled and you can barely think straight and Get ready. God with you. His presence right there unveiling who he is and saying, I'm telling you this. The God who spoke this world into existence standing beside you in this. He has taken up residence within us. Romans, right? He's within us and working in us. And you have the Holy Spirit in us. This is now called the temple of God. First Corinthians, we have unbelievable privilege of spirit with me in it. And uh, why does that matter? Well, it wouldn't matter if it's just him standing there. Right? But when God does the, not just presence, but manifest presence, you know what the difference is? Like God making himself known. Now it'll rock your world. God literally saying, I'm going to reveal myself to you. Get ready. And presence. So provision, presence. Third one, prayer. This comes right out of Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Him praying for me. This is not me praying. Him praying for me. You getting that? It says that when we do not know what to pray, the Holy Spirit prays for us. He has taken up residence within. He knows you perfectly. He knows every single thing you need. He knows every single problem going on. He knows every fix that's needed. And hear me now, the Holy Spirit on your behalf. Father God, for this one, this is what's needed. Please work here in this way. And can we shape in this way? And here's what is needed next. And ready now? John 15 says, that if we abide with him, ask whatever you will, and God will give it, right? What more perfect abiding can you get than Holy Spirit with God the Father? Perfect abiding. Got it? Perfect abiding. So every single thing the Holy Spirit asks, the answer from the Father is exactly one word. Yes! That is what we're doing. The Holy Spirit praying on your behalf, crying out with groans, it says, ah, for you. That's what you have in the midst of your heartache. Father there, Holy Spirit there, presence and prayer going on. Number four, his power. So his provision, his presence, his prayer, his power. Uh, the prayer is not just some words thrown up, but God starts to go into action. Life changing in you. God working upon you. His glory revealed to you. And literally, your soul starts being awakened. You shed limitations. God doing a work that you could not do. His power in you. And when you experience a taste of that, when you have moved into seeing God change you, I'm telling you, those are moments where you look at the weakness and go, I love what God took me through. You should see where it brought me to. I love what it's done for who I know God to be. And his power unleashed. And then the last one is his perfecting. Him literally beginning to make us look more like Christ. What a privilege. His grace is sufficient. Like he's saying, I'm telling you, 
that me making it all good on the cross and changing your soul and inclining you to me, that me being with you, manifest expression of myself in you, that me longing and praying for you and crying out on your behalf, that me unleashing power in you, and that me then changing and transforming you, you experiencing me sufficient. That's what our God is promising. In the midst of our struggle. And uh, notice what he says at the end here. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon, upon me. Paul's like, bring it. I love getting to know God all the more. And uh, for the sake of Christ then, I am content with my weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. For when I am weak then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. When I have come to the shore of self and found the end of me, and I am on my knees in prayer, longing for my God to work, well, that's when the strength really starts. And there are many of you in here today that are struggling and hurting and Wondering what the next step should be. And uh, here's my request. It's time to bring it to him. It's time for us, individually and corporately, to plead with our God and lay it on the line for him. May we let him have his way with us. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Stop carrying the pack yourself. You hearing me? It's time for us to have the privilege of tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. And, uh, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask Kevin and Ellen to come on up. And we're going to get it started together. I'm going to ask the elders to come on up with. We're going to start this together with Kevin and Ellen helping us out here with a little bit of a, an update. How are you? Good. And um, we got elders coming up here, and we're going to do a little prayer time. And uh, you know what? God is at work in this place. And I love when God is at work. And hear me, he oftentimes in the midst of showing himself mightily also brings some struggles. And uh, elders have tasted of some health and uh, health issues, and so have staff. And, and uh, we're going to be praying for Ellen and Kevin here. Ellen, tell us a little bit of what's going on. Yeah, um, a few weeks ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and so we'll be having um, treatment for that. In a week from tomorrow, I'll have surgery, and since I am a little bit younger than a normal person who gets breast cancer, we're doing a, the most preventative surgical option, um, so it'll be a recovery period, and um, we do not expect to have chemo or radiation at this point, but that could change after the surgery itself. So we'll yeah. See. Yeah, I appreciate it. So Kevin's on staff with us, junior high pastor, and, uh, and this is a huge deal. November 17th, correct? November 17th is the surgery, and we will be praying, amen? Uh, not big enough, and we will be praying, amen? We are in on this pleading together and praying together that God might be honored and glorified, and we love you guys, and uh, let's just do that. Let's take this to prayer, and uh, we'll have Steve lead out as we as elders pray over. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we come to you with great confidence, Lord, knowing that you are in control of everything, uh, that your grace is sufficient, Lord, that you are sovereign over each of these steps in front of Ellen and Kevin. Lord, we just pray now that uh, they not be anxious, Lord, about what's in front of them, Lord, but uh, uh, that they be prayerful, that this body uh, be unceasing, Lord, in its prayer for them. Uh, Lord, we just now, though, know that uh, you tell us then to come to you, Lord, uh, with our needs, with our requests. And we just boldly now, Lord, ask that uh, this surgery will go well, Lord, that this cancer will be completely removed, uh, that there will be absolute healing, Lord. Uh, we just pray that uh, you will provide your hedge of protection uh, for the Matthewsons, Lord. Uh, just uh, protect uh, Ellen as she steps through this, protect Kevin. Uh, protect their son Adam, Lord, as uh, they walk this walk. But Lord, 
uh, again, we uh, have great confidence uh, that you are going to show up in such a big way, Lord. Uh, we just pray now, though, Lord, that uh, as uh, Ellen and Kevin walk this walk, Lord, uh, we just pray that they will be just a tremendous testimony of their obvious faith in you, Lord, uh, and just uh, pray for them a closeness uh, with you, their Savior, with uh, Jesus Christ, uh, that will grow stronger and stronger, that their witness will be so apparent to many, Lord, and that out of this, much will be made of you. We just pray all this in your son's name. Father, we're in awe that you work in this world. And Lord, we love Kevin and Alan. And Lord, we just lift them and their family up with Adam. May you work powerfully. Lord, we plead with you. Direct doctor's hands, full, full healing, cancer removed, and these guys being able to go forward in ministry, serving and loving you. Lord, we thank you for who they are. We thank you for their spirit of strength and maturity and worship in the midst of this. We love you, Lord. And we're in awe of you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Now it's your turn. We're going to take a period of time now. We're going to put elders and a couple of pastors around the room here in the, in the aisleways. And we're here to pray. Okay? It's time to bring the pleading before the Lord. Down with carrying the weight myself. Up with bringing it to your God. That's where we're going. So here's my request. Everybody just bow your head and close your eyes. We're just going to take a moment where you hand over to him. Let's start with a little bit of worship. Father God, you are awesome. You are redeemer and savior. You are healer and king. You are Lord. We worship you. Just take time to put him in perspective and thank him for who he is. is it that God's like, I know I've left that with you that it might bring you to the end of you. It's time for you to come to me. What is that? It's time for you to bring it with and lay it at his feet. Take this direct specific request longing for him to move. My God can. My God will. And even if my God doesn't, I will worship and taste and see that the Lord is good. Man, it is time for your hurt to be brought before your God. Bring it to him now, will you? We have elders and pastors around and we want to pray with you. We are here to pray with you. So whatever it is, bring it forward. Let's pray it together and let's plead it out that God might be glorified. Just come on forward to an elder if you want to, and we would love to pray with you, all right? All eyes closed. Everybody, it's between you and God. And we're here on your behalf to storm the throne of grace. May God be glorified. Bring your thorn before him now. God is moving in this place right now. And you might be in here and you're like, I, I, I feel like things are going well for me. Then plead on the behalf of those hurting in this body. Long for them and pray for them. Keep bringing your thorn before him now and pray with all you've got that God might be
lot going on in this room. Just keep praying powerfully. And if you're in a spot where you're like, I know I should be coming forward and I can't believe I'm not in. Just do this for me right where you are. Maybe it's a little smaller. You're like, I don't need to come forward for it, but I want to pray for you. Just stand where you're at. If you're wrestling with something, whatever it might be, just stand where you're at and let me pray over you, all right? Just go ahead and stand. Anybody anywhere in this place, go ahead and stand up and I'll pray for you, all right? Praise God. Amen. And there's a lot of load going on in this room. Just stand where you are. I would love to be able to pray for you. Anybody else? Don't miss out. You're going to be like, oh, I know I should have stood. Don't do that. Just take advantage of this and stand now. I'll pray for you, all right? Amen. Amen. All right, here's what I'm going to ask. There are people standing all over this auditorium. Let's not leave them alone. Just right where you are, reach out to the person around you. Put an arm around them. Put your hand on them. We're going to pray for them, okay? Just reach out to the people around you. Let's get them covered. Arm on, hand around. Amen. No greater picture of the church than this. Just rally right where you are. If you still want to stand, do that. We'll get you covered. Okay. Let's pray. Father God, hear our cry. Lord, you know each and every heart in this room. You know everything going on. Lord, you know every pain, you know every need, you know everything that's needed. And we're crying out to you. We're leaning on you for your provision, for your presence to be so felt. Lord, for you to move powerfully, for you to long and pray on our behalf as you cry out with words we do not have. Lord, with each of these people, rally with them arms around them encouraging them lord i pray that they could have the most powerful week of experience with you they've ever had lord we long for you to be made much of your grace check we have that and we are in awe it is in your mighty powerful, redeeming, healing hand. We pray these things and all of God's people said, amen.